The following is a paid program on the VOCM Big Land FM radio network. This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, licensed insolvency trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for joining us today. On today's show, we're talking about the Beta Nord oil project. It's been a few weeks since the federal government announced it really is going to be a go, and there has been a lot of buzz surrounding it. So what does it really mean for our province and our economy, and what are the environmental concerns? So joining me to talk about this and much more is Dennis O'Keefe, former mayor of the city of St. John's, Dave Mercer, president of Uniform for Local 2121, and Rob Strong, president of Rob Strong and Associates. Thank you all for joining me today. Good to be here, Nancy. Looking forward to it. Good to be here. Thank you, Nancy. So certainly lots to discuss uh, on this project. And, you know, it was met with a lot of applause, right, when the premier called that late evening press conference to announce that the federal government had approved the Beta Nord project back on April 6th. And Premier Andrew Fury commended Equinor for the project. The premier added that the approval comes at an important time and comes as a huge sigh of relief to many Newfoundland and Labradorians employed in the offshore industry. And this happens with very few times in politics, right? Even the opposition was pleased with the announcement, which, you know, you don't really don't see that too often where people are, are all on the same side with when it comes to this kind of stuff. So opposition leader David Brazel says Beta Nord has always been the right project for Newfoundland and Labrador. Of course, and no surprise here, those in the oil sector are celebrating the decision to move ahead with this mega project. And it's just that it really is a mega project and the first of its kind. We're going to talk more about it being the first of its kind coming up. But first, I want to talk about what Beta Nord means for our project and the future of the oil industry here in Newfoundland and Labrador. So I'd like to hear from you on that, Dennis. Well, I th- Nancy, uh, I'm sure it has uh, huge ramifications for Newfoundland and Labrador, in particular at this time in our existence. And uh, I think what's going to happen is you'll see a resurgent and a re- revitalization of the Newfoundland economy. And the Beta Nord and the offshore in general will usher in an era of financial and economic stability in in Newfoundland, Labrador. I mean, you just look at the numbers, uh, the investment of $12 billion U.S. in the Newfoundland economy, uh, the employment of uh, young people and middle-aged people and the population in general in the industry, something like 11,000 person years of of project employment in, in Newfoundland, Labrador. Imagine the impact of that in keeping our young people here in the province and even providing employment for the in-migration policy that the Newfoundland Labrador government has. And you look at the the royalties, that side of us. I mean, we're looking at, in the Newfoundland economy, something like $3.5 billion in royalties and corporate income tax. And that's in anticipation of additional resources being discovered in that area have been in in 2020. So, um, you know, you're looking at uh, a financial flush into the Newfoundland economy. You're looking at generating employment for young men, women, and families here in Newfoundland and Labrador. You're looking at 
the entrance into the Newfoundland financial system of huge revenues that can be used to expand the Newfoundland Labrador economy and to invest in new areas such as technology and, and other new industries that can be fostered and grown here in Newfoundland and Labrador. We're, you know, we're past the idea of boom and bust. Uh, it's not it's not the revenues that kill us it's how we use the revenues and in this case we have another opportunity to have a huge revenue input that we can use to revitalize the economy to create new industries and even to grow into alternative energy sources so the ramification of Baden Nord is huge and it's going to get even huger because uh, from what I can hear I'm confident that that uh, West White Rose will come on stream or at least will start up again in the very 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 near future and we have the Hibernia FPSO coming back to Newfoundland uh, in the fall and uh, uh, and being active in the offshore so you know we're at a, a turning point in our history in our economy and in our financial and economic stability oh, absolutely Dennis and like to your to your point, it's billions of dollars that we're talking about here yeah. in the government purses, and that's a lot of money for our pro- that our province stands to benefit from, and of course, the people of the province. So, Rob, I'd like to hear from you next. Let's talk about what this project means to our economy and really the national economy as well. Well, Dennis has covered off a lot of it, but the two key or two of the key takeaways for me are, 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 are simply this: the opening up of a new basin. And up to now, all our all of our activity have been in the Jean Derrick Basin. I think we may have seen one or two exploratory wells in the Orphan Basin and the and the Flemish Pass Basin. But this is an actual development in a new basin, and this new basin has got lots of interest from other oil companies. An example of that is, of course, Exxon is planning to drill a well later on this summer called Hampton K49, and that's in the Flemish Pass Basin. So by approving the Beta Nord development, it opens up a new basin. And the second thing to remember is that, you know, this is an FPSO. This is a floater. This is not a fixed, like a Hibernia or a Terra Nova. It's not fixed in the ocean floor. It's more like, and, and Dave's very familiar with this, it's more like the Terra Nova FPSO, which is anchored. But, you know, all the wells that, all the wells that have to be pre-drilled, so there's some, as I read it now, there's some 60 to 80 wells that have to be drilled. So you're going to have not only the FPSO out there producing, but for the next five or six years, you're going to have semi submersible rigs uh, out punching holes in the holes in the ocean floor. So that's the the, the rig in Bay Bulls right now uh, is exactly that. It's here to punch two more wells. And you know, with each well, it's just roughly a thousand people, a thousand people associated with. The rig has 200 people on board. You have 200 people ashore. You have three supply boats. You have helicopters. You have mud companies, cement companies, diving companies, testing companies, logging companies, and on and on. So there are two key takeaways from from the approval of Bay Nord that I like is is the longevity of, of drilling activity, and secondly, if Bay Nord turns out to be as big as we think it is, then there'll be lots of other companies interested in in operating in that deep water.
Water, Flemish Pass Basin. And, you know, there's no wonder they anticipated that the project means, like Dennis said, 11,000 plus person years in province employment. The lifespan is estimated to be up to 30 years. Dave, that sounds like some really good job security. Uh, you know, uh, Nancy, uh, they're happy. I mean, we, we traveled a long way since, uh, you know, the uh, the shutdown of Terranova, the uh, COVID, uh, and the oil issues that, uh, you know, uh, the prices uh, that were happening, uh, you know, a couple of years back and, and, and the start of this year, obviously, but uh, uh, everything is looking good. Uh, everything that Rob said and everything that Dennis said uh, uh, is absolutely 100% true. Um, but if you look on the personal side of it, uh, it gives a sense of security to families now to say that the oil industry here in Newfoundland is not dead. Uh, we have some of the best oil in the world for obviously uh, pollution reasons and all that stuff. Um, we continue to uh, fight and advocate to ensure that uh, uh, it maintains, uh, we maintain here in Newfoundland that uh, jobs are really important. Uh, the thing with it is, is that um, we, we have to make sure that uh, we, we continue that fight and, and continue to bring forward uh, the issues and concerns of the workers that are offshore uh, in the existing uh, basin um, and to ensure that whatever happens in Bay of Nord is done safely and environmentally friendly. Um, uh, we're, we're glad that it's happened, obviously, and we can't wait to see some uh, things happen again in the future. Uh, that would help this province and continue to help this province uh, financially and to help with uh, whatever we need here. We're in financial debt, and uh, right now, if we didn't have it, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Oh, I agree. The the revenues to help pay down the, the debt that the province is currently in are well needed for sure. And I think, you know, you mentioned the importance of environmental, and, and this project has created some controversy among some environmental groups. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Join Brian Medor weekdays at noon for a comprehensive update on news from every corner on all levels. Newsmakers, weather, and more. Join us on your VOCM at noon. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guests today are Dennis O'Keefe. He's the former mayor of the city of St. John's, Rob Strong, president of Rob Strong and Associates, and Dave Mercer, president of Unifor Local 2121. So we're talking about Beta Nord and the federal government greenlit the project earlier this month. And as we know, the decision has created some controversy among environmentalists. And we're going to talk about that now. So Federal Environment Minister Stephen Gilbo, who himself has a history of environmental activism, had twice put off making a decision on the project. But in his decision earlier this month, he concluded that Beta Nord is not likely to cause significant adverse environmental effects and will therefore move ahead. So I'm going to ask you first, Rob. Were you concerned when the federal government kept delaying the approval of the project? I was initially. Obviously, there was political pressure by Greenpeace, Sierra Club, and so on to, to stop the project. But when I think about Equinor as a, as a company, uh, previously Statoil, I've had the occasion in my working career to probably be in Norway 30 or 40 times, and I've had a chance to see what Statoil, now Equinor, have done. And if there is a company in the world, and I'm not downplaying 
playing anybody in the other company's environmental records. But if there's a company in the world that can do it and do it properly, it's Equinor. Equinor were doing carbon capture 15 years ago when I was in Nor northern Norway. There was an oil field or gas field offshore, uh, an unmanned platform on the subsea. They bring the gas ashore. They strip the CO2 out of the gas, and they pump it back out and put it down in the ground. So that's capturing your carbon, not putting it up the stacks. So Equinor is a world-class company. Anybody that's been in Norway appreciates the environmental commitment that Norway has and Norwegians have. So I'm very, very happy that 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 Equinor and pleased that Equinor is the operator and have no doubt that they will operate this in a safe, efficient, and environmentally friendly way. Their commitment to reducing CO2, uh, they're now talking about 50% reduction by 2030. So it, it puts them amongst the, one of the top tier companies as far as the environment goes. Yeah, and to your point, they have a really good track record on that, right? So there's lots of things to be positive about there. But Dennis, what's your response to the environmental concerns being expressed? Well, you know, Rob, Rob summed it up uh, really well. Equinor is a leading innovator uh, in climate change, period, and uh, owned by the Norwegian government, which is probably the, the greenest nation on the face of the earth. So you're dealing with companies and, and uh, a country that has an excellent, even more than excellent record when it comes to uh, environmental regard. And, you know, this is our state. We all believe in the earth. We all believe that climate change is coming. And the, the issue that we have to face environmentally, and by the way, the province has dropped the ball on the environmental assessment side of things. And the province has, since 2015, has kind of let the, uh, the federal government take that over. But having said that, uh, Stephen Guibault had to do what the science said was the right thing to do. He might have, given his history, wanted to put a damper on the project, but, you know, he had the science in front of him, and the science told him that uh, this was an environmentally uh, good project, it, it wouldn't cause any significant harm to the environment, and he approved it uh, really as he should have done, and, uh, you know, that that says it all, and in particular when it comes to the environment, we, we all we all realize that what we have to do is act reasonably and rationally when it comes to climate change. And we're going to have fossil fuels around for a long time to come. It will, it will enable us to make that transition to a greener economy. Uh, there are the government right now, I don't think, has a, has a plan. I mean, climate change uh, has to be an evolutionary process, and as alternative energies develop and are viable and are affordable, then the older forms of energy, like uh, oil, over time will will disappear. But you know, we'll have it around uh, for a long, long time. Yes, I'm sure of that. So. It's, it's the process of climate change and how we 
deal with it that will lead the way and not what I refer to as environmental terrorism and force, which when it, when it comes to our federal government with the carbon tax and other things, the whole idea is to price energy to a point where people will turn away from it. We have environmental groups, and I don't mind saying like the Sierra Club. I heard recently one representative of the Sierra Club actually say that uh, whoever is in favor of Baden is in favor of death and destruction. Now, what's that all about? Except fear. I mean, that's not the way to get people to go down the road of changing their habits and changing their energy, but that will happen over time. I think you're right. Oil's going to be around for a long time. And we know that oil industry experts here at home say that Beta Nord is environmentally sound, right? It's it's yep. going to provide secure and responsibly developed energy for the world. So the project has gone, undergone a very intense environmental assessment by the Assessment Agency of Canada. Due diligence, you know, it would have been done. So should that not address the concerns that many have regarding the project, Dave? Um, you know, there's a lot tied into that, and, and I think for the environmentalist side of it, uh, when this was announced, I got all kinds of uh, emails from people from all over the place just pretty much downgrading uh, what I was standing for. But, I, you know, I encouraged them to call me. I gave them my number. Uh, they called me, and we had sometimes 45 minutes to an hour conversation. And right off the bat, from the start of the meeting, they wanted to um, freak out at me. But when when we got to the end of the conversation, they understood it a little bit better. It's not what we we never fought for Beta Nord because we want uh, the world to have climate change. Uh, Beta Nord is an important factor to be able to get from what we have now uh, and the resources and the financial uh, uh, resources to be able to help us transition into a greener energy and stuff. Nowadays, these uh, these vessels that are working offshore, uh, everything from the supply vessels to uh, the, the, the rigs and the FPSOs and, and the Hibernia and Hebron that are up to now, have developed and started moving towards uh, to capture <clears throat> greenhouse gases and, and, and to be able to make things better. So it, it's to try and get an understanding of, of, of that. It, it, the offshore is not what it used to be when we first started up years ago. Uh, you know, uh, the environment is, is, is a challenging thing to ensure that we do it the right way and we work together. Um, environmentalists need to be a part of this because to, to move ahead, we need all players involved. And if you look at uh, what used to be NOAA is now Energy NL, uh, they're doing a great job on promoting and moving forward um, and using the environment uh, as a, as a uh, to be able to move the environment to the right place. And all these people that are working in the offshore now realize that as well. Uh, we got children, and we know that those children are going to grow up. We want them to grow up in an environment uh, that's that's uh, uh, you know uh, less uh, environmental friendly as you would call it and whatever we notice that there's changes in the environment now but we all got to work together to make that change 
No, absolutely. And, you know, the approval of this project came with 137 conditions, right? And among them mm-hmm. was the requirement for the project to reach net zero emissions by 2050. And mm-hmm. you know, as Rob mentioned, Equinor's strategy really is to be a leader in global energy transition. And the company has set an objective to achieve that net zero carbon by 2050. So, you know, all indications are that everyone is moving forward in a way that is environmentally sound and not meant to uh, make any harsh environmental uh, impact. So I also mentioned earlier in the show that Beta Nord project, the Beta Nord project story is the first of its kind here in Canada. So we're going to get into that when we come back. Please stay with us. Weekday mornings from 530 to 9. Jumpstart your day with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy. Newsmakers, traffic, weather, and more during your VOCM morning show. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money with BDO. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Today's focus is the Beta Nord project, and joining me for the discussion is Dennis O'Keefe. He's a former mayor of the city of St. John's, Rob Strong, president of Rob Strong and Associates, and Dave Mercer, president of Unifor Local 2121. So as I mentioned, there's certainly a lot of excitement around the Beta Nord project, and for good reason. Far beyond the revenue, it means that our provincial economy and the job security for thousands of Newfoundland Labradorians. This project on its own is one of a kind. It will be the country's first ever deep water project, drilling some 1,200 meters down. And unlike traditional oil rigs, it's going to use a floating production, so storage and offloading vessel. It is also projected to produce some 188,000 barrels of oil a day. So let's talk about this, Rob. What does this mean for the province? Like, what, Why is this project so different and why is it causing so much uh, excitement? Well, firstly, the uh, the fact that it is going ahead in the Flemish Pass Basin is certainly a very strong signal. We know of other oil companies that hold acreage out there, and in particular, I'm thinking of BP, who plans to drill in 2020, 2023, BHP, who also wants to drill in 2023, 2024, uh, in deep water. So this is going to be a trendsetter for deep water. Having said that, that the, the 1,500, 1,800 meters of water globally is not a big deal, but certainly is a big deal for us. We've we've concentrated the Jean d'Arc, which is from 70 meters of water to maybe 120. So it's 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 a trendsetter for Newfoundland, and hopefully it sends a signal to other operators that we're alive and well here in Newfoundland, and we're we are we're approving developments in Newfoundland and Canada, of course. We're approving developments in deep water it can be done the technology exists and it's uh, it's a good positive sign for sure and dave what are the workers saying about the design of the project and potentially working on the site well you know uh, fpsos have been uh, used all over the world and, and have uh, so far had uh, no issues uh, as we know it uh, you know structurally or whatever and we got the turn over now over in spain and she'll be coming back and She'll be put back into full use. Uh, you know, uh, everybody's excited as well. I mean, this FPSO is supposed to be, uh, you know, bigger and better and uh, more qualified to do, uh, you know, uh, uh, deeper drilling. Well, she don't drill, but, uh, you know, uh, she'll be in the, uh, a lot. Uh, she'll be out in the Bay of the North. So it's, the FPSO is probably the right choice for that. And, and the workers are just excited because uh, they get to work on it. That's a safe shit. So it's, uh, the workers are excited to be able to go and, and work out there for sure. And Dennis, do you think the project will serve to change the way offshore oil is drilled in the future? 
Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I think the key is innovation. And the oil companies are, are in particular Equinor, but other companies also are very, very good at technology and at uh, innovation. And it's going to be reflected in this project. This is going to be the lowest carbon intensity oil project in Canada, less than eight kilograms uh, per barrel, you know, which is half the international average of 16.1 kilograms, I believe, per barrel. So you're looking at a project that is going to be a leader in the future in innovation, both in production and in environmental mitigation. I mean, <laughs> you know, people talk about clean air and pollution and, and you know, it's all a valid, valid, valid concern. But you look at Beta Nord and when it comes to uh, Canada's oil and gas emissions, Beta Nord is going to be less than 0.1% of Canada's oil and gas emissions and less than 0.3% of Canada's emission total. So, and this is a result of innovation, it's a result of technology, and as we go further in the oil and gas industry, people are going to find, and we're going to find that innovation, technological innovation, is going to be the key to oil and gas industry, not only in Newfoundland, but in other locations uh, in the future. So it's important to realize that this is a Newfoundland project, it's a good project, it's environmentally good, and it's a Canadian project, and it's going to contribute to the Canadian economy, and it's going to contribute to Canada reaching its obligation when it comes to environmental regard and emissions. Nancy, oh, I'd like to step in, if I may, just for one minute. Absolutely. We seem, we seem to be concentrating on the Flemish Pass and deep water, and so we should. But let's not forget that in the Jean d'Arc Basin, there is still significant opportunity. And here I'm talking about what we call in the business subsea tiebacks, meaning you have a you have an existing platform like a Hibernia or a Hebron or an FPSO like the Sea Rose and the Terranova. So your infrastructure is in place. So 20, 20 kilometers away, you have a smaller reservoir, say 40 million barrels, which on its own doesn't justify a standalone project, but it can be tied back to an existing project. A good example of that was the Hibernia Southern Extension, whereby they found 200 million barrels of oil a fair distance away from the Hibernia platform, but something that could be drilled and then tied back, in other words, piped back to the, to the Hibernia platform platform. So I don't think we should wash our hands and forget all about the Jean d'Arc Basin. Yes, the Flemish Pass and the Orphan Basin, of course, which we haven't talked about, but uh, they're, they're exciting basins. But I don't think, that I, I still think there's lots of oil left in the Jean d'Arc Basin, and it can be developed, obviously, using different technology. So, Rob, it sounds like that the success of the Baden Nord provides this opportunity to explore further opportunities. Yes, well, BP, for instance, has, and in the oil business, we work on a basis of if a company's looking for goods or services, they put out an expression of interest. And then from that expression of interest, they get responses, and then they prepare a bid list from those responses. And it's nice to note that BP for next year has 19 expression of interest on the street. So they're planning to move ahead, 
and already talking about negotiating contracts for so it's 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 the start of deep water and that's as we've all agreed that's pretty encouraging when you when you you step into a new basin the age of the rock is is, is probably different it's porosity and permeability and may allow better better flow rates and uh, you know 200,000 barrels of oil a day with a potential of a billion barrel field and I say potential because that's speculated Equinor at this stage is saying 300 million but uh, uh, international publications are speculating much more so uh, we have to be encouraged about a the fact that the uh, Equinor project is going ahead and b it's going to serve as a as a prototype or as as an inducement for other operators to come out come and look at our deep water absolutely and Dennis what do you think about that like what do you think the, su- the success of the beta nor project will mean for further opportunities in the province well again it comes back Nancy to uh, technology it comes back to innovation and as Rob has indicated uh, there are in, in, offshore Newfoundland is very rich in the resource and uh, the technologies and things such as uh, utilizing uh, tieback, um, the innovation that will go into the Equinor project will all speak well about the future <clears throat> direction that the industry will take in Newfoundland and Labrador. And you know, the the <clears throat> excuse me, the industry is. Uh, really more important than than a lot of people believe and it it impacts almost everything that we do so that uh, as we go forward and use the engineering technology and the uh, chemistry technology to lower emissions then we're going to and and Equinor is good at this and uh, the the project itself, the Beta Nord project will be an example of it and uh, it will stand well uh, for Canada and for Newfoundland Labrador when it comes to to producing good, clean, low emission oil uh, that can be utilized here in Canada or exported to the rest of the world and we know what's going on globally and the uh, the need for clean oil at this point in our time and uh, I, I think uh, Newfoundland and Labrador has the opportunity to be the leader in this kind of innovation. Oh, absolutely and you know it wasn't that long ago we were on the show Dennis talking about the uncertainty right surrounding yeah. the future of the oil industry here in Newfoundland and Labrador. So really good to have this positive news I think coming out of the debate and Nord approval and really renewed optimism but I guess Should we be cautiously optimistic? We're going to talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Your VOCM 2022 ECMA nominee for Media Outlet of the Year. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guests today are Dennis O'Keefe. He's the former mayor of the city of St. John's, Rob Strong, president of Rob Strong and Associates, and Dave Mercer, president of Unifor Local 2121. So we're talking about the oil industry here in Newfoundland and Labrador today, and we focus much of the discussion on the 
beta nor project and really for good reason it's what the industry is talking about right now as a whole so there's no doubt that when the oil boom was happening we benefited but then the boom went bust and we all felt that as well and you talked about that a little earlier dennis right that this is not a boom and bust situation anymore but in recent years there's been a great deal of uncertainty surrounding the future of the industry here in newfoundland and labrador and a great deal of debate around our province's reliance on oil revenues so with the approval of the beta nor project there is renewed optimism right the project will mean revenue growth for our province as we've talked about job security for the workers in the industry and spin-off industries right it's really a positive economic impact for years to come several decades at least so is it okay dennis to be so optimistic or should we have some caution here what are your thoughts well that's really interesting i am very optimistic and you know yes there's we got to go about it properly and we have to go about it cautiously but i'm very optimistic about the future uh, for newfoundland and labrador and canada i you know i'm one of the people who's very optimistic about a recent statement by stephen gibbow in which he he said uh, uh, he isn't closing the door on future developments in, in Newfoundland, Labrador. And that uh, from here on in, including Beta Nord, it's going to be up to the, the Impact uh, Assessment Agency and not a federal minister or a provincial minister uh, to make decisions on future oil projects. And that the approval process, this is the key, what he's saying is the approval process has become more more stringent and you know what uh, there's nothing wrong with that if we're going into uh, alternative energies and if we're saying we don't have to kill oil there's no need to kill oil what we need to do is use technology to reduce the emissions uh, and what Gibo is saying is that now the regulations now are more stringent than they were before. So the challenge is there to the oil companies uh, to use technology uh, to meet that standard that is now in place by the Environmental uh, Assessment Agency of Canada. So I'm very optimistic. The revenues are going to be very, very helpful. What we have to be careful of is to use the revenues from the oil and gas industry, not in a in a boom and bust scenario. We have to spend them carefully. We have to save where we can save. We have to invest the money in new industries and new technologies that will enable Newfoundlanders and Labradorians to stay here that will encourage other Canadians and other people from around the world to come and live in Newfoundland and Labrador. You know why? Yeah, because our weather is not that bad. And yeah, because uh, you can make a good living here in Newfoundland and Labrador and you can have a career here in Newfoundland and Labrador and you can enjoy life. That's what it's all about. And I'm optimistic that if we play our cards right, and we use utilize the money that we get from these projects in the proper manner, then we'll come out the other end of the uh, tunnel in a very, very positive way. I'm very optimistic as well, Dennis. One of the one thing I think that causes me a, just a little pause, and it is a little pause, but Equinor has stated that it's yet to sanction the project and that the final investment decision is anticipated in the next few years. Dave, does that give you any pause? Is, is is it okay for us to be optimistic given that? 
Yeah, I, I certainly think that we can still be optimistic. I mean, I, if you check it out, I mean, you know, um, they have a lot of financial obligations to uh, not only themselves, to, but to a lot of players as well. So it, it's the same. Uh, it's the same with the turnover when she was getting sanctioned and stuff like that. They got a lot of responsibility, uh, not only to uh, themselves but to uh, other shareholders, and they had to all be in line. Uh, and I think that uh, because of uh, what they're going after in, in terms of um, the, the light crude and, and, and all that stuff in the offshore, I, I don't think that we got to worry so much about uh, it not happening. I think uh, we just got to uh, make sure it don't get stalled too long. But I don't think that we got any issues with the, that being uh, signed. Uh, for, for the most part, uh, I think they're well underway. Um, and, and I wouldn't expect any company uh, to sign any agreement uh, overnight. Uh, it's it's a, it's a big decision, and it's, there's a lot uh, of dealings with it, not only for themselves, but the other shareholders that are involved, and the government as well. So uh, I wouldn't uh, worry too much about that. And I think you're right there. And Rob, what are your thoughts on that? I guess the biggest hurdle was getting the government sign off, which has been done. So is the Equinor um, investment, the, the signing off on that, is that just a formality? I think it's, uh, I, I always class it as sort of a three-tiered process. The first, and, and these are not in any particular order, but one of the tiers obviously is getting the environmental approval, and we've achieved that. The second tier sort of thing is to uh, file a development plan application with the CNLOPB, and that's a lengthy process. It could take up to a year, and so it should, because someone wants them, someone has to certify the development as being safe, as, as being responsible. And the third tier sort of thing is to negotiate the benefits plan with the province. So until you got really the permission from the federal government on the environmental side, it wasn't really, didn't make any sense to to file a development plan application because you don't know that your, plan, that your development is going to be going, going to be approved. And it wasn't, didn't make any sense to really develop a, a comprehensive benefits plan because you didn't know your project was going to be improved. So the fact that the FIA, the financial investment decision, has not been made yet is, is doesn't scare me at all. The evidence, some of the evidence, of course, is you know, all you have to do is drive down Bay Bulls and look out the look out the harbor, and you can see the West Turkey bees standing by, about to go out and drill two more wells on on the field. And that that contract's worth about 95 million U.S. So, no, I'm not I'm not I'm not worried at all. I'm not apprehensive. It's just the process, the way it unfolds. Unfortunately for all of us, it takes a long time. But if it's going to be done, it should be done properly. So these these three processes that I spoke of are all critical to a safe and profitable project. No, absolutely. And I'm glad to hear you all uh, say that. I'm sure it gives uh, all the Newfoundland Labradorians out there that are listening uh, pleasure to hear that you're not uh, cautiously optimistic. You are full on optimistic about this project because it's really easy for us all to think about the billions in revenue that the project is going to generate and get excited about what that means for the people of the province. So we've got some time now for some final thoughts. So I'll start with you, Dennis. If you could leave our listeners with a final thought today, what would it be? My final thoughts would be one that a oil 
permeates everything that we have. A lot of people think of oil in terms of our cars and our planes and our trucks and our diesels and so on. But uh, oil permeates everything we have, everything that's in our houses, the clothes that we wear, everything right now is connected to oil and that's going to continue uh, for a while and uh, but we have to accept that and we have to work with it and give up on the fear mongering give up on the environmental terrorism aspect of things and look at a resource that we have that we can use in in a clean way and uh, uh, reduce emissions and meet international standards and at the end of the day produce a very very uh, clean and usable project people say to me why are you so interested? Why are you so passionate about the industry here in Newfoundland and Labrador? And my answer there is quite simple, that I have five grandchildren, and they all live here currently, and I want all of them to stay here currently like many, 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 many other Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, and I want them to be able to remain in this province and to have a good life and to raise families here and continue to help grow Newfoundland and Labrador. One of the avenues to do that is the oil and gas industry, and we have to support it not decry it. We have to turn away from the concept of dirty oil. Uh, yes, there is dirty oil in the world, but Canadian oil is not in that category, and it can be a very clean project that Canada, Newfoundland and Labrador can provide to the world at a time when the world needs it. Right now, the world is short of oil. We can help meet that demand. Absolutely, and it is really important to draw that distinction right about how clean the oil is here. There's no doubt about that. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Nancy. And Dave, I'll turn to you. If you could leave our listeners with a final thought today, what would it be? You know, we're happy and we're glad that uh, this the Beta North project has uh, you know has been approved, and for, you know we await uh, the uh, company itself to get the sanction and stuff. But it's nice to see the employment that it's already created. Uh, Rob mentioned about you just got to go out to Bull Arm, uh, Bull uh, Bay Bulls there, and look at the uh, the activity that's happening out there. And I can tell you uh, from uh, you know known. Uh, facts that uh, we have people that have been laid off in the industry that are now working out in Bulam on the West Hercules, and they're going to be going out and doing those, uh, drilling those, you know, wells that are out there. So it's nice to be able to see uh, workers being able to go back to work in that industry that they're so good at, uh, and um, we will make sure that going forward that we work with the environmentalist people. Um, it's it's not about uh, um, uh, worrying about uh, going out there and getting the oil, uh, whatever way we can. Uh, there is there is a you know the best way to do things uh, safely and for the environment, and and we'll continue to advocate for that as well. So. It's not about just going getting oil. It's about working with uh, everybody that uh, in the environmentalists and, and making sure that whatever we do offshore, we do it, with, uh, you know, um, with, do it safely, and we do it with uh, the, the environment uh, at hand and in mind all the time. And our workers are just glad to be able to go back to work, and, and it's a, a good. Uh, 
deep breath to be able to say that uh, you know being an order is, is a go and, and like I said we'll continue to work with anybody uh, in the future uh, to help uh, uh, new projects uh, whatever may came, come up uh, because uh, Newfoundland needs it and we deserve it. I couldn't agree with you more there. So a final word to you, Rob, if you could leave our listeners with a final thought, what would it be? I just to re- reiterate something I said earlier, and that is that the the fact that the uh, Bay of Nord project is in the Flemish Pass, and that's a brand new basin. It's a basin that we don't know a lot about. We've drilled hundreds of wells in the Jean d'Arc Basin. It's a well-known basin. We know what the reserves look like. Now all of a sudden we have an opportunity to produce in a new basin. The age of the rock might be different. The porosity, permeability, the flowability might be good. So. Uh, it's it's encouraging to see new basins open up. And the second thing, thing I'd like to leave the listeners with is I don't think anybody fully appreciates the ripple-down effect. Dave alluded to it a little bit, but, you know, it's just not the oil rig of, offshore that generates the jobs. It's the trucking companies. It's the testing companies. It's the mud companies, the cement companies, the logging companies, the stevedores, the crane operators, and so on. So, there, you know, you talk about direct jobs, but there's, I, sm- I sound a little bit like Joey Swallowed, but you know, there, there's the, the multiplier effect. One, I, I don't know if anybody's ever done a detailed analysis, but one, one job offshore probably generates three or four jobs onshore, and that's encouraging, particularly in a province like Newfoundland with a high unemployment rate as we have now. So uh, uh, looking forward to seeing first oil, supposedly 2028, from Bay to Nord. Rob, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are saying, now, who's Joey Smallwood? (laughs) (laughs) Well, leave it. Doc, you got to worry when they begin to say, who's Doc O'Keefe? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, gentlemen, it's been a great conversation today. Thanks so much for joining me. And Rob, I love your point around the spinoff and the industries and the jobs, but important to remember, too, those people who are now earning those incomes are spending their money back uh, in Newfoundland and Labrador with the restaurants and local uh, markets and, and all that kind of stuff. So the, the spinoff goes on and on and on, which is really great to see. If you have a comment or question, you can contact me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment for Your Money, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees on VOCM. The proceeding was a paid program on the VOCM Big Land FM radio network.